All right, Hawks fans and hoop ball fans, we have a special hoop ball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoop ball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business. So listen up. Here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is... You need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now, right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting and your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no-brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at HoopBallFantasy or go to Hoop-Ball.com and get right today. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this after a huge, huge win up in Memphis as the Hawks begin the season 2-0 and 2-0 on the road before coming home here to Atlanta on Monday for the season opener against the Pistons after a 122-112 win over the aforementioned Grizzlies. And I will talk about takeaways from tonight's game, but first, A plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. 
Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back going into tonight's game. As I said on the podcast before, things that I wanted to see going into the game, I wanted to see the Hawks bring the same energy and effort defensively as they did on John Morant in the preseason game when they came back and won, as I knew that John Morant was going to be up for the challenge. It was going to be Ja versus Trey Young, two of the young guards in the game. He just had a 44-point outburst in the season opener in a losing effort versus the San Antonio Spurs. He's always a force. He's hard to stop. We had to meet that force. We had to meet that challenge. John Morant tonight was still John Morant, but he wasn't as efficient as he normally is. And they held him in check in stretches, especially in the first half. He woke up in the third quarter, but holding John Morant to 47.6% shooting from the field for a guard who likes to penetrate the lane and get to the basket, it's pretty good. And holding him to 28.5% shooting from the three-point line is a huge win as well. Especially when you compare that to the game against the Spurs. So, check on that one. I thought they did that tonight. I needed to see the Hawks continue to crash the boards. I knew the Grizzlies were going to be very physical. They're a very physical front court. As I wrote my notes, I was hoping Capella was going to be back. But going into the game, as I'll talk about in the injury report, Gallo and Capella were both unavailable, limiting our front court depth going into this game. So whoever was going to be on the floor tonight had to play physical, especially with Clark and Valachunas. And I thought tonight, under man, the Hawks played really good defense, definitely keeping everybody out the paint and forcing outside shots and played some pretty good defense, frustrating Clark and Valachunas, who did what they normally do, but they weren't as effective tonight. And the Hawks out-rebounded the Grizzlies tonight, which was a huge key in them winning tonight's game. Another key, I said that they had to continue this ball movement as they look to get players good looks. Memphis is a much better defensive team than Chicago, and we must continue to move the ball to get their defense moving side to side. I thought we did that. It was a lot less one-on-one play, and if there was some one-on-one play, it was Trey Young. It was a lot of off-ball movement. He was finding people, or he was finishing in the lane. It was just a double-edged sword tonight, 
And I thought that the offensive efficiency tonight was very, very good. It was stalled out in stretches, especially early in the first quarter when they were trying to force a lot of three-point shots. But they did a wonderful job letting the game come to them, letting the offense come to them, letting defense turn into great offense. One of many keys tonight for their win. They need to run the shooters from Memphis off the three-point line. As I said before, they needed to keep them out of the paint force those outside shots, and when they get outside looks, run them off the line or contest those shots. And when I said this, I was thinking specifically about Dylan Brooks, who ended tonight's game 3 of 11 from the three-point line, which I can live with. He still scored 18, 19 points. I will clean that up later on in this podcast, but to hold him to 3 of 11 shooting, which is what he's known for, forcing him to drive the lane, you'll take that all day. So I thought that the Hawks did a really good job of that. And the three-point shooting percentage for the Grizzlies was a lot lower than in a couple games past as far as the preseason goes. Protect the paint, as I said before. The Grizzlies love to score in the paint, and they scored 66 points in the paint versus the Spurs in Game 1. And the Hawks limited the Grizzlies to 44 points in the paint, which was a huge win for the Hawks. The bench, who was a key in the preseason game versus the Grizzlies, where they came back and won. Tonight, they outscored the Grizzlies bench by 24 points and lifted the Hawks in key moments throughout the game to really energize this team, getting everyone going when they desperately need it, including a 17-2 run to close the second quarter that was led by a lot of bench players. First half of this game, the Hawks outscored the Grizzlies bench 30-12. Over half of the team's points in the first half came off the bench, and then they would continue to go on through the rest of the game, outscoring the Grizzlies bench 16-12. So they thoroughly outplayed the Grizzlies bench throughout the game, from tip-off to the ending buzzer, and it was a huge key with some of the usual suspects stepping up off the bench and some new faces as well. We'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. The team did not necessarily close well against the Bulls by Coach Lloyd Pierce's standards, and I agreed by my standards. I don't think they did as well. And tonight, along with timely baskets, and free throws that really pushed the lead late to help the Hawks close out the game. The Hawks in the fourth quarter defensively really stood up, and they held the Grizzlies to 6 of 22 shooting from the floor and 2 of 11 from three. So the defense really clamped down in the fourth quarter when they needed to help them stretch out the lead and walk out of Memphis. Walking out Memphis with a win tonight. So, Hats off to the defense. I'll talk about that to close my remarks this evening. But we'll move on to talk a little bit more about tonight's game. The injury report going into tonight's game. Many players out, as I alluded to, including Gallinari, who had a foot contusion. Clint Capella with Achilles soreness still. Chris Dunn is out. Okongwu's out. Tony Snell is out. And Rajon Rondo, who was available to play tonight, was a coach's decision and did not play tonight, but he still had an impact in tonight's game, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Starting lineup for tonight, shorthanded Hawks. Trey Young at the one, Bogdanovich at the two, Cam Reddish at the three, 
DeAndre Hunter at the four, John Collins at the five, running a small ball lineup with the front court depth and issue going into tonight's game. And it was going to certainly take a team effort for them to beat this tough, scrappy, competitive Memphis Grizzlies team. And boy, did the Hawks get that tonight. We will talk more about tonight's win and stats coming up after this plug for Manscaped. Support from Hootball Hawks comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. As we are in the holiday season, with all the shopping, chestnuts roasting on open fires, as Jingle Bells plays on almost every radio station, don't forget your Jingle Balls. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. We all know of a guy who had a tragic grooming story to try to impress his lady, or you personally, where you clip the wrong thing and you start the Will Smith, see what happened was, well, see, what should have happened was you copping Manscaped for your grooming needs. This revolutionary company has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has a proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts on your nuts and it's also waterproof. So you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trim, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as your jingle balls. That's a technical foul. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Yeah. Your jingle balls do stink. I don't care if you just showered. Speaking of sweaty, stinky jingle balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good, my friends. Good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long, baby. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. So, tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, don't matter, the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your jingle balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use the code HOOPBALL20. Clean up your jingle balls and I guarantee you will make the nice list this year for Christmas. All right, and we are back 
and to piggyback on the promo for Manscaped, if you messed up Christmas this year, didn't get the right gift for your homie, your husband, whoever needs a little bit more special attention to your special area, if they're comfortable telling you about that, go to manscaped.com, use our promo code, and make Christmas right a few days after, but it'll make their area right, and they will be happy and appreciate you long after this holiday season. And we'll talk a little bit more about tonight's game. Unlike game one versus the Bulls, the Hawks started off slow, forcing a lot of three-point shots that were not falling early. And the Grizzlies, coincidentally, were hitting a lot of shots as well. But the bench came in, really picked it up, infused a lot of energy into this team that was lacking in the early part of the game and swung momentum back into the Hawks' favor. The Hawks did use a 10-man rotation early on in the game, partially due to foul trouble from players, i.e. DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. And it was also to spread out minutes for some key players because they knew that this was going to be a tough, hard-fought game that was going to go from the tip-off to the buzzer. So we were going to need key players to be fresh in the back half of this game. And this game will go back and forth. And it was evident that from watching the game, the Hawks came out to play and they were going to compete with whoever they had on the floor and utilize everyone they needed to help them win this game. And when some players struggled, others picked up the slack off the bench and their effort and their output were direly needed tonight for them to get this win. This team crashed the boards, had great defensive effort throughout the entire game. And this led to a tough, Hard-fought win against Memphis, who had several injuries going into the, tonight as well. But we came out on top, 122 to 112 over the Grizzlies on the road. Sorry, David. We had to do it to your team. I know it's a much somber podcast on you guys' end, but it's a really happy one over here in Atlanta. And the fans here in Atlanta are really, really excited about this team. Looking into the numbers for tonight, the Hawks shot Almost 43% from the field and 36% from the three-point line. Pretty good percentages. And they shot almost 87% from the free throw line. So pretty good shooting night tonight for what they were going against a good defensive team in the Memphis Grizzlies. They held the Grizzlies to just under 40% shooting from the field and 30% from the three-point line, which speaks to the great defensive effort that this team put forth against the Memphis Grizzlies. As I said before, the bench came up huge for the Hawks as they scored 46 points tonight. The Hawks also cut turnovers down tonight, which they only had 15, which is a positive for this team as the more they play together, hopefully the turnover number will continue to go down and stay down, especially for some games that they need to win. Like they needed to win this game against Memphis tonight. If you look up the first three games, the Bulls, I thought that was a winnable game. This Memphis game was a toss-up, and they have a matchup against the Detroit Pistons, who I think that the Hawks will be favored to win that game as well, going into a back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets. So for the first five games, you really wanted to see the Hawks go. In a dream case scenario, you want to go 5-0. and but three and two, let's say they lose those two games against Brooklyn, but they get those three wins leading up to Brooklyn. So tonight was huge, and I said that this was going to be the swing game 
and they came out and played like this was a swing game, like this was a late season game that they needed to get, and they used everybody to win this game, and it really paid off for the Hawks. They out-rebounded the Grizzlies 54-46 to in 13-9 on the offensive glass, which was huge, huge, huge with an undermanned front court tonight, and it took everybody on the team chipping in, getting boards. Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Bruno Fernando, everyone chipped in and got boards tonight. So it was a true team effort crashing the glass, and I love seeing that from the Hawks. Points in the paint. It was a wash, 44 to 44. But again, I said this is a plus because Memphis averages way more than 44 points in the paint per game over the last couple of seasons. So holding them to 44 points was a win, and this helped us win. As I said before, total team effort. Coach Lloyd Pierce spoke about it post-game, about the we mentality that has been infused in this team, and everyone contributed to this win. And they needed everyone. And I love seeing this and what they're building in Atlanta. This is what the Patriots infused in their team. As far as culture and their mentality, when they were winning those Super Bowls, it was we. It was about the greater good of the organization for the team. What's going to help us win? Next man up. And you saw all those things tonight in an early regular season win. It's game two. We cannot put a lot of stock into the second game of a regular season, but these are good habits that they're establishing early on in the season. That's only going to help on the back half of the schedule once they get closer and closer to the playoffs. So I like seeing this from game two. I like the rhetoric that's coming out of the locker room right now. Everyone is speaking the same language. Everyone is focused going game to game. So I love what I'm seeing early from the Hawks. They really frustrated Valanchunas, who I said was going to be a big key going into the game, that they had to really challenge the big man in the middle. And they played great team defense on Valanchunas as he was frustrated throughout the game, stressing him on defense, challenging the shots, and he didn't have that normal lift in the paint to give those nice little shots around the rim that he normally hits. They were really challenging him, and as far as on the defensive end, they were getting him out of the paint, to defend out of the paint, which maybe got him a little gassed towards the end of the game. So it was a great game plan on how they targeted Valanchunas to make him less effective for this Memphis Grizzlies team. And Coach Lloyd Pierce also spoke to this, and I tweeted about this as well. When you watch the game tonight, Rajon Rondo, he didn't play. But even though he did not play, he was still in the game. Coaching from the sideline, cheering on teammates, yelling at refs, talking to players on the bench. I love seeing this. This is why we brought the vets in, to infuse leadership, to infuse knowledge for these young players, teaching them how to be a consummate professional, picking out little things on the court that they may not have seen, that these veterans have seen on the court playing all these years, and their experience, and their insight. This is why bringing in a Rondo, bringing in Solomon Hill, bringing in Gallinari, was huge for this Hawks team. And it's going to really take them to the next level. And you, you have players who can contribute minutes when healthy. Rondo's going to be playing whenever he's fully healthy and back. Solomon Hill plays minutes. Gallo plays minutes, as we've already seen. Clint Capella plays minutes. Tony Snell, I'm assuming he'll get a few minutes here and there 
when he's back. Chris Dunn is definitely going to get minutes. So these are players that you bring into this young culture to help elevate this roster so that this team can be competing in the postseason when it's all said and done. And I love seeing this from Rondo. A lot of people were saying that I don't know if Rondo can be a mentor. He just came out for championship. Why would he come to Atlanta? Blah, blah, blah. And he's proving every one of those critics wrong early without even stepping on the floor. I love the energy. I love the support that he's giving these young guys and the knowledge and the confidence that he's giving these guys. And he looks all in for this team. So that's something I'm going to continue to watch, whether Rondo's on the floor or on the bench. And that's something that everyone should kind of look at with all the veterans as the season goes on. We'll talk about the Grizzlies stats real quick. As I said, John Morant was still John Morant. He scored 28 points on 10 of 21 shooting and shot 2 of 7 from the three-point line. He added seven assists and a block. Slow-mo, a.k.a. his government name, Kyle Anderson was effective for the Grizzlies tonight, scoring 20 points, adding 14 rebounds and two blocks, shooting 8 of 15 from the field and 2 of 6 from three. And when I looked at the 2 of 6 from three, I was kind of shocked because it seemed like Kyle Anderson always had an open three-point shot tonight. It just seemed like every time he shot a three, I was like, oh, man, this is not going to go in. And it was. And his stroke looks a lot better. I know he had some shoulder surgery on the offseason they said it was similar to the shoulder surgery that Markel Fultz had and his shot looks a lot better from the three-point line and he can already facilitate he can already rebound score in the paint play some defense but him getting a three-point shot and knocking it down consistently is really going to bode well for this Memphis Grizzlies team down the stretch and I'm glad that he's getting these minutes with some of these players out and he's generating confidence. So it's going to bode well for this Memphis Grizzlies team. Dylan Brooks, who was a key stopping tonight, especially his three-point shooting, he scored 19 points, but only shot eight for 23 from the field. So 19 points on 23 shots, I'll take it. Not efficient. And three of 11 from the three-point line, not efficient. I'll take it. Great defense on Dylan Brooks. They really frustrated him as well because you know Dylan Brooks is a scorer and he's going to get his. So if you can make him as inefficient as possible, that is a win. Grayson Allen added 10 points as well for the Grizzlies. And Valanciunas, as I mentioned before, pretty good defense, limiting him to 13 points. Still had 12 rebounds and added four assists, but he certainly wasn't as effective as he was in a couple of other matchups versus the Hawks in the preseason. Now, speaking for the good guys for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, ice trader gang, ice trader gang, brr. Whew. Another 35-plus outing to start the season. 36 points for Trey Young, 10 for 24 from the field, 1-7 from three, but 15 for 17 from the free throw line. 17 free throw attempts. I loved seeing that. His aggression, getting to the rim, and he really has a knack for encouraging people to foul him, whether it's from the three-point line, whether it's in the paint. That's something that he is mastering early in his career, and that is scary for the rest of the league. Scary. Because last thing you want is a guy who is a very confident shooter from the three-point line, from the mid-range, who has the floater. 
getting him to the free throw line and getting some easy buckets where he can shoot 88 plus from the free throw line in a given season. You're just giving him free attempts to get his shot in rhythm throughout the game. And that is a progression in this game that I just love seeing. We will continue to watch that. He added nine assists tonight, three rebounds. He only had one foul on the defensive end, which I like seeing, and only two turnovers that he committed. So a great night from Trey Young tonight. I love this performance more than game one, even though he shot lights out from the field in game one. I like this because when his shots weren't falling, he did the things that he needed to do to win. He was aggressive early, and the whole team followed suit, whether it's giving effort on the defensive end, off the ball, on the ball, whether it was him getting into the paint early in the game. First shot from three, he missed, and then he started getting in the paint, getting to the basket, and shots were falling inside, uh, opened up opportunities for him in the perimeter. Even though it did not fall, that stresses defenses because he is a triple threat. Because if he's getting it going in the paint, normally if you're limiting Trey Young to just the paint, that's good. That's a pat on the back for the defense, especially when he's not hitting his three-point shots. But him being aggressive and getting fouled and getting to the free throw line and still creating for others when he was struggling, that is going to be tough for teams going forward. So that will be something I'll continue to watch. His only three came in the third quarter, and that's when he really heated up. He had a hot third quarter. He had nine points in the third quarter and then really, really took over in the fourth quarter with the 13-point performance there. He was just effective throughout the entire night. He had timely assists, getting people in rhythm. Shot was up, good. So no empty assist that people were talking about him putting forth. His assist led to winning plays led to people getting it going, especially him finding DeAndre Hunter late in the game was really getting him going and it was really helping this team really pull away. So I really loved what I was seeing from Trey Young and I look to see him do this game in and game out, continue to be a leader, continue to swag on him, swag on him, hitting him with a sprinkle little nutmeg in it, hit that nutmeg at the end of the game and he just really just took over. And even though he wasn't as efficient from the field, his ability to take over games while everybody else is doing what they're doing, it's just going to make this Hawks team even more dangerous down the stretch. And speaking of someone who really got it going, off the bench, Kevin Herter, 21 points off the bench. Yikes. 8 for 12 from the field, 4 or 5 from the three-point line. He had a 4 assist and 2 rebounds. He came in the game and was hot from the jump in the first quarter when the Hawks desperately needed a spark and points. He was instrumental in taking back that lead in the first quarter. And time after time, he was hitting big shots, shooting great all over the floor. And I love seeing this from Red Velvet, who I admit I was critical of coming into the season. But he's certainly trying to prove me wrong, which is great and is helping this team. His production off the bench will be needed throughout the entire season. Also, if he randomly starts games here and there. So his play, along with the other Young Wings, part of the Magic City trio, i.e. DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. They're all going to be key in the Hawks taking the next step and being a playoff team this year. So that's something I'm going to continue to look at carefully. And speaking of the Magic City trio, DeAndre Hunter, great game tonight as well. 
15 points, 5 of 11 shooting. He started off kind of cold, but really heated up late. Shot 2 of 4 from the three-point line. He had all three of his free throws. He had 11 rebounds, which was his fourth career double-double in this early part of his tenure here in the NBA. Three assists, two blocks. As I said before, after missing shots early and getting in foul trouble, he came back and played great on the defensive end. And that defensive effort turned into offensive buckets down the stretch. Whether he was on the ball or off the ball, he was very active tonight on the defensive end and just aggressive on both ends of the court. Really putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rim and finishing. And this is a progression in this offensive game that I love seeing as we knew from last year, he was really effective in catch and shoot situations as a rookie. And he's going to continue to get better as he goes throughout his years here in the NBA. But if he can get to the basket and finish, it's just another wrinkle in this game. And him really establishing himself as a 3 and D guy in this league. His energy, his effort that he always brings, he brought it certainly tonight, crashing the boards, grabbing 11 of them things. And as I said, hitting timely shots down the stretch, which were crucial in the fourth quarter. As I said before, huge rebound game, period, for DeAndre Hunter from the first game, where he was still good on the defensive end, but his shot wasn't there. So I'm just glad to see him, whenever his shot is not going, him doing other things to help this team win. And that is that we mentality that Lloyd Pierce has been talking about. And as I said, it's trickling down to every single one of the players on this team. Off the bench, a surprise. Fourth leading scorer for the Hawks. Rookie, Nathan Knight. The second round draft pick out of William & Mary. He was a four-year player in college. He's coming into the NBA with a very polished game. And he did not look scared in his first minutes here in a regular season game in the NBA, adding 14 huge points off the bench, shooting four or five from the field, shot two of three from the three-point line, showing that stretch five potential, shot four or five from the free throw line, and added three rebounds. He provided a huge spark for this team. When he was scoring, everybody in the bench was going crazy. You can see the players on the court excited to see this young rookie doing what he was doing. And that infused some energy in his team as well, which was really needed. He started off with a nice drive and a finish. After his first shot was a three-point shot. That was huge. Bumped his total to five. To bump his total to eight, he had a three in the corner. So showing that he can hit the three from multiple spots on the floor. Showing that he can get to the basket and finish over a Valanchunas, which was eye-opening for me. He came back in the game... And they ran an inbound play for him where he got fouled, finished with an alley-oop and one opportunity where Trey Young found him. It was a wonderful play. And the rookie did his fair job on the defensive end as well. It was just a great showing in his first game. Now, this may not be a night-to-night thing, but when we needed him tonight, he stepped up, which adds confidence for a guy who was a mid-major guy knowing that, hey, I, I can play in his league. And we'll see how many more minutes he will play going forward and we'll see if it pushes Bruno Fernando's minutes, who personally, I'm not falling off the Bruno bandwagon, but, you know, competition always brings the best out in people. And there was a lot of people on Twitter saying, could this be the end of Bruno Fernando? You know, the overreactors. I'm not going to overreact to this performance, thinking that Bruno Fernando's in trouble from this performance from Nathan Knight. As Nathan Knight also said that he leans on Bruno Fernando for a lot of, you know, guidance as well as two young bigs here in the NBA trying to figure it out 
on this young team that just got a little bit more veteran presence. And he just leans on all the veterans to really help show him the way. And he leans on Bruno. So, as I said, all this does is adds competition. And hopefully this brings the best out in both players when they get on the floor for the Hawks. John Collins scored 13 points, added 10 rebounds, including three offensive rebounds, which I love seeing. He had one steal and two blocks. He shot four of nine from the field, went over from the three-point line, and shot five of five from the free throw line. Collins started off pretty bad. Two quick fouls, which is something that the Hawks did not need, and it thrusted Bruno Fernando early into the first quarter. But coincidentally, that also thrusted Nathan Knight into the game. So it all worked out. But once John Collins came back in the game, he certainly came with energy on both ends of the floor. And he started playing like John Collins again, battling on the glass, defending better without fouling, which I love seeing. I know he's capable of it. We saw it tonight. Continue that, big fella. I love seeing you defending without fouling. And he plays some pretty good defense tonight. Provided a lot of energy plays. I love how he responded to his two quick fouls. He came in and said, you know what? Everybody else has gotten it going. I'm going to get it going too. Everybody's playing with energy and effort. I'm going to do it too on both ends of the court. And it certainly lifted up this team in stretches. He even hit a little mid-range jumper in the fourth to start the fourth quarter. And I love seeing that shot. I love that stroke. I want to see him hit more mid-range jumpers, especially if his three-point shot isn't falling. Hit the mid-range jumpers. He showed the ability to hit them. Show that you're a triple threat and just really stress out defenses going forward. And that's great to put on film, especially when you want to max contract, cough, cough, at the end of the season. Continue to play well, John Collins. I love the professionalism you show. I love the energy that you're showing. And I love that even when you're struggling, you're cheering for your teammates, you're encouraging them, and you're coming in, you're trying to respond to falling short early on. Keep going, John Collins. Bogey got the starting nod tonight. Bogdanovich again struggled with his shot, only having seven points on two of ten shooting and shot an abysmal one for nine from three. But he added nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal. I spoke to this on Twitter. When Bogdanovich's shot is struggling in a short sample size here early in the preseason, he's shown the ability to do things outside of scoring that helps teams win. Whether he creates for others, crashes the board, or gives effort on the defensive end, he does the little things to help win ball games, which is one of the reasons why they brought him in. He's more than just a scorer. He even said that. He makes everybody better, and he certainly does. Tonight, with his shot not falling, he had seven rebounds. In the first game against the Bulls, when his shot struggled, he added seven rebounds in a winning effort. And then later on in the game, the shot started falling. In the last preseason game against the Grizzlies, shot wasn't there as well. He added seven rebounds in a comeback effort against the Grizzlies. When his shot struggled in the game before against the Grizzlies, he added seven rebounds. And in the first game of the preseason, when his shot wasn't there, he didn't have the seven rebounds, but he had two assists and four rebounds. So he's trying to do things outside of scoring to really help this team. So even though his shot wasn't there tonight, I'm not worried. His shot will come. 
They will continue to engage him, continue to give him looks, and they will fall. Because when the teammates show that they have confidence in him, it will breed confidence within himself. And he's a very confident player and a tenured player. It will come. I love the want to that he has in him to do whatever it takes to win. It's the little things that matter as far as winning game. And those little things will matter more and more as it gets later and later into the season. And if the Hawks are a playoff team, those little things will matter in a playoff series. Cam Reddish, the last of the Magic City trio, he did not shoot well as well, but he played really well on the defensive end. He had five points on two of eight shooting, hit his only three-point shot, had three rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He was very active on the defensive end, even though it didn't culminate into a lot of steals or blocks. He was very active whether he was on the ball or off the ball defensively. He was getting into the passing lane, disrupting the flow of the offense for the Memphis Grizzlies, forcing side outs. And his off-ball defense is improving game in and game out. And that is something that makes me really excited. And that's something I'm going to continue to watch from him game to game. Solomon Hill scored six points off the bench, played solid defense, and was a steadying presence on the court with so many veterans out for the Hawks. And then Brandon Goodwin added five points off the bench as well. And the last thing I said I wanted to end this program was talking about the defensive effort for the Hawks. The defense the last two games has been really good for the Hawks. It's been bad in stretches, but they're still showing energy and effort every possession on the defensive end, which I love seeing. And they're playing good team defense, which is really good, especially when you have some players, i.e. John Collins, i.e. a Trey Young, who have some defensive efficiencies in their game, is going to have to take everyone that's on the court to up their game and play solid team defense to help cover up those deficiencies. So those are really encouraging things that I'm seeing early on from this defense. When you look talk about tonight, they really protected the paint very well against a Memphis team who loves to get into the paint. They forced them to shoot outside shots. You will take that. And then when they're shooting the outside shots, they're contesting those outside shots, forcing misses, which further frustrates a team. And they really frustrated a lot of players on this Memphis team and frustrated their leader in John Moran, culminating in a technical late in the game. And they frustrated Valentunas, the two leaders on the floor for the Grizzlies. So I love the fight that they're taking two teams and they're competing game in and game out. They're going to need that again going into their matchup against the Pistons. And then the challenge up in the Barclays Center against Brooklyn on the back-to-back, they're going to have to bring that same defensive energy and effort as well against a really good offensive team in Brooklyn. And as I said before, in the fourth quarter, the defense was key. And as they held, I said the Grizzlies again to 6-22 shooting from the floor, 2-11 of from the three-point line. And that really helped them close out this game. And they did a better job defending without fouling tonight. And they really crashed the boards. It was really a team effort crashing the boards on the defensive end as well as the offensive end as well. And I spoke to the Nate McMillan hire before on this podcast and how this team needed to improve on the defensive end. Everybody knows that. It's not a secret. But the defense has looked really good in the first two games. And even though it's a small sample size, as they continue to play games and the sample size grows larger and larger, I'm really interested to see what the numbers look like for this team defensively and how it stacks up to last year for the quote-unquote Nate McMillan effect, the effect of obviously adding some more players to this roster, 
adding some defensive-minded players to the roster, and just the youth maturing with another year under their belt here in Atlanta. So I really loved what I'm seeing on both ends of the court for the Hawks, and they're going to need to continue to build upon good habits as they go throughout the season. And it starts again, as I said before, Monday evening in Atlanta for the home opener in the State Farm Arena versus the Detroit Pistons. And I will speak on that matchup on the next episode. Tune in. I will have a very, very special guest that episode. A lot of you guys may have heard him. A lot of you guys may have read his work. And I'm really, really blessed to be able to get him on this program. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the game against the Pistons. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member to tell a friend about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no smoke. Numbers don't lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That's at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett. 67 on Twitter. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. As always, yeah.